You just think we just, you know, whatever happens, we just shit another player. I, and everything's going to be perfect. All of our fans think that. You all think that. That's what you write about. You don't want to be here. There's a specific reason. Not really, you know, I, I think we did a poor job recruiting. If guys are coming in and immediately walking out the door because it was something different than what they thought it would be. And we lied to them during recruiting or we, we sold them on a dream that wasn't true. Yeah, you know, right now uh, we have the atmosphere of a, of a JC softball game. You know, I mean, that's what we are, JC softball team. As long as, you know, uh, it's 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 not whether you win or lose. It's like who, the, the the team that wins is the one that has the most fun. You know that crap like that. You know all this stuff that's contaminated America, where they give every kid a trophy and they don't keep scoring little league anymore. Now that's also a second in the West, baby. Yes, sir. Yeah. Winning the SEC probably is harder than winning the national championship. Do you know that? Well, how about the fucking dogs? Turn that damn you Hey, buddy, this beer's for you, Mike, and cousin Shane. That SEC podcast loves the pirate, and the pirate loves that SEC podcast. Hail State. Welcome in the latest episode of that SEC podcast. I'm your host, Michael Bretton. I go by SEC Mike on Twitter, and I'm joined as always by my cousin Shane, who goes by Big Orange Vols on Twitter. What are you up to, you big Tennessee homer? <laughs> hey buddy, what's going on? Hey man, can you believe it? We finally made it to our countdown, one of the best times of the year. Yeah. As we're recording this, we are a hundred days away from the first Saturday in SEC football. How about that? <laughs> I love it. And you know, since Tennessee sucks and we got flexed up two days, I kept saying, Mike. <laughs> We're already within 100. He says, we're counting counting real football. It starts on Saturday. So, uh, yes, I'm pumped, man, because now it's official, man. It's a countdown. Mm -hmm. Not only do – I'm going to tell you, a little little behind the scenes, me and Mike, we go back and forth on these numbers. And if you got good suggestions, by all means, send them to us to the – you know, if you you say, hey, man, don't forget that 54-yard gainer, you know, on this date, whatever – Send it to us. I, I mean, if we get a good suggestion, we're going to put it up there. Mm-hmm. But um, but anyway, it's one of my favorite times of the year because the first half of my day when it sucks and, you know, I'm doing all these meetings and stuff, secretly I'm uh, getting on to the YouTubes <laughs> and I'm trying to find a 98-yard touchdown, you know? It's, like, <laughs> it's, it's, it's my favorite time of the year because it is a countdown. I know the ends in sight. You guys know the ends in sight. And at the end of this – Beautiful rainbow is is a gold, you know, bucket full of college football, and I just can't wait to get to it, Mike. Yeah, without a doubt. And uh, anybody, like Shane said, want to recommend a highlight play or a game or whatever, you'd be doing us a favor. So <laughs> send those Better our way. I'm keep picking Tennessee. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding, just kidding. But speaking of uh, hundred days away from football, Shane, I think it's no coincidence the SEC here on Thursday announced uh, the first three weeks of the season. They announced the kickoff times and the yeah. television coverage for every SEC game. 
the first three weeks of the season. So you ready to run that down? Yeah, man, let's do it. All right, so we already knew first game, technically on a Thursday, Bowling Green, Tennessee, 8 o'clock Eastern on SEC Network. So uh, that one was already aware. We already knew all about that one. But mm-hmm. jumping to uh, Saturday, September 4th, the first Saturday of the season, we got uh, Louisiana Monroe at Kentucky. That's going to be noon on SEC Network. That's uh, the only nooner. I mean, the the schedule is so loaded a week one, Shane. We only got one noon game. I love it. And then we go to Rice at Arkansas, 2 o'clock Eastern. Now, here's the thing. Here's a big deal that I was unaware of, Shane. And this is the case for uh, this Rice versus Arkansas game. ESPN has announced that uh, they're gobbling up one game for every team, I think, where you have to buy... ESPN Plus just to watch it. What? And that's the case with this Rice at Arkansas. Now, you could be... I I get my action through YouTube TV. I just subscribe during the season. Mm -hmm. And even if you do that, or if you pay for cable year-round, you cannot watch these games. You have to (laughs) pay an extra fee to get ESPN Plus. They kind of roped us into that one uh, all of a sudden. So... Mm-mm-mm. Man, a little. You should have. You should have known this was going to happen when they closed <laughs> Disney. They got to make that money up somewhere, Mike. <laughs> oh, them cheap bastards! Uh, how much is? Uh, I, I mean, golly, I I, I want to watch every game, so I'm probably going to break down and do this thing. How much is uh, is an ESPN Plus? I think it's only five or six bucks a month, but. Wait, can you do it month for month? <laughs> I think so. So they're gonna oh, okay. they're gonna get a surge that month and hope you forget to take it off your unsubscribe <laughs> list. You know? Oh, okay. It's like a red box then. Okay, I can I can handle that. Yeah. <laughs> It'd be really nice if there's a trial. If I haven't burned up a trial, you know, just get a seven day trial, close that thing out. But anyway, that's I mean that kind of sucks. But uh, so there, what you're saying is. ESPN is going to do this with every one of our teams, all 14. There's going to be one game that they're going to flex off, and you can only watch with ESPN+. Plus. Well, I'm not guaranteeing that they're doing that, but apparently the contract says they're allowed to do it for every team just for one game. So mm. I assume they're going to do that just to get people to sign up for their damn ESPN+. Plus. You know what? That's so crazy, man. So stupid. But okay, appreciate the knowledge there. All right, next game, first week of the season, Alabama-Miami on ABC at 3.30 Eastern. We knew that one already. Mm-hmm. Now, here we go with uh, another one just revealed. Louisiana Tech at Mississippi State, 4 o'clock Eastern on ESPNU. What? Also at that time, Central Michigan at Missouri on SEC Network, 4 o'clock Eastern. And then here we go with uh, one of these ESPN plusers, Eastern Illinois at South Carolina, ESPN Plus, 7 o'clock Eastern. Akron at Auburn, also at 7 o'clock Eastern, and also on ESPN Plus. So another one of those subscription games. Uh, then here's the big one, Shane. Georgia Clemson on ABC, 7.30 Eastern. That's going to be one hell of a game. Wait, what time's, what time's that? 7.30 Eastern. Okay. All right. Also at 7.30 Eastern, FAU at Florida on the SEC Network. Kent State 
at Texas A&M on ESPNU at 8 o'clock Eastern. ETSU at Vandy, 8 o'clock Eastern on ESPN+. Plus. And then here we go, LSU at UCLA. That's going to be a hell of a game on Fox, nationally televised, 8.30 Eastern. And last but not least, Ole Miss versus Louisville, 8 o'clock Eastern on ESPN. But that's on a Monday. So we got football, SEC football, first week of the season, Thursday to Monday. I mean, that's going to be a loaded (laughs) weekend right there. Wait, okay. Sorry, my brain is not working today, Mike. So – all I heard was a whole bunch of seven and eight o'clock games. So some of those are spread out through the days. Is that what you're saying? Because I'm looking at that one game at noon and I'm like, Hey, could we have put one of those in there? Mm-hmm. But so on Thursday, we got one game on Friday. Who plays it? Who, who's our seven o'clock games on Friday? Oh, no, no, no. So there's Thursday action, Monday action. Each of those days got one game. And then all the rest of those are on Saturday. Okay. Okay. So Thursday, Saturday and a Monday. Yes, sir. Is that what you're saying? Mm-hmm. Okay, so so how many on Saturday at seven eight that seven eight o'clock window? <laughs> I'm trying I'm trying to break this. Yeah, down. they really they really screwed this up. Seven seven. Oh my god! <laughs> Why the hell they, they would do just, that? I don't know. You know what know. they should do, Mike? They should throw another one in there. Make you subscribe for ESPN Ocho <laughs> so you can watch all eight of these damn things at one time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez, Louise, that's so dumb. Okay. Uh, I mean, beggars can't be choosers, but it, it just seems like I don't understand. You know, week one, we're breaking in college football. Why don't we break – why don't we break it in? we got a game on Thursday. Let's have a couple on Friday. Let's make an event of it, you know, kick off the season with full stadiums. Mm. Nah, let's get them all in there at 8 o'clock, you know, <laughs> and get this thing over with. So, whatever. It's, man, these guys are – this, these media guys are so dumb. All right. All right, week two, it start to pick up a little bit here. Alabama State at Auburn. That's going to be a noon game mm-hmm. on the SEC Network. And then here you go, Shane. Pitt at Tennessee on ESPN. Also a nooner there. So that's going to be a good game. That's a good one. Now here's a, a sneaky, potentially good one. Florida at South Florida on ABC mm-hmm. at noon. So it's not often you see an SEC team – Going to the likes that, of South Florida. Is that the Bulls? Is that the Bulls? Is that what they are? <laughs> it is, yeah. Yeah. Now, here's another nooner. Man, my God, a lot of nooners here. South Carolina at East Carolina on ESPN2, also at noon. So they, Pirates. They've loaded us up with four nooners week two. I love it, man. Hey, that's a good I, – I can – I mean, four is like the – like a three is a good number. I like th- – actually, I love two, let's be honest. Mm-hmm. But – you know, if you could, if you could, no more than four. I, I can deal with that. All right. Well, you'll be able to deal with this next window, Shane, because we got UAB at Georgia on ESPN2 at 330. Mm-hmm. Texas A&M Colorado ooh, on ooh. Fox, nationally televised, 330. And then Mercer at Alabama on SEC Network, 4 o'clock. So that's a nice little window right there. Like it. And then the, the night, unfortunately, Shane, you're going to hate this. They loaded us up at night again. <laughs> Texas at Arkansas on ESPN at 7 o'clock Eastern. Mm-hmm. NC State at Mississippi State, 7 o'clock on ESPN 2. Mm-hmm. Here's a sneaky good one. Missouri at Kentucky, SEC Network, 7.30 Eastern. That's going to be a hell of a game. And then we got Austin P at Ole Miss. 
McNeese at LSU and Vanderbilt at Colorado State, all between uh, 7.30 and, oh my God, I didn't realize, this Vanderbilt game's at 10 o'clock Eastern time. <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> they don't want anybody to watch it, apparently. Maybe missing church the next day, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> All right, final week here. Week three, they've loaded us up here with three weeks of action here. New Mexico at Texas A&M. That's going to be a noon game on SEC Network. Mm-hmm. Chattanooga at Kentucky. Southeast Missouri at Missouri. Tennessee Tech at Tennessee. Those are all nooners, and they don't have a, the channel just yet. Now, here's where things really get interesting, Shane. The CBS game, first CBS game of the year, Alabama at Florida. That's going to be a barn burner down there in the mm. swamp. Can't wait for that one. Georgia Southern at Arkansas at four on SEC Network. Wait, Georgia Southern at who? Arkansas Okay. on the SEC Network. And then how about this one, Shane? This is interesting. Mississippi State at Memphis. On ESPN2 at 4 o'clock. So not often you see an SEC team go to Memphis. And then I think this is going to be a, you know, I'm not saying this is going to be a truly competitive game, but I can't, I'm very interested to see South Carolina at Georgia on ESPN at 7 o'clock because South Carolina, I think, is going to throw the damn kitchen sink at the Bulldogs. You know, there's going to be fakes. Mm -hmm. There's going to be, uh, you know, trick plays. There's going to be Beamer ball. I mean, this is going to be the start the true test of the Shane Beamer era. I'm sure they're going to be 30-point mm-hmm. underdogs, but last mm-hmm. time I checked in the SEC, we don't give a damn about uh, what the point spread is. you got to go out there and prove it. And last time South Carolina went into to Georgia, we all know oh, God. We all know Here what we happened. Go. So I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I'm, I'm looking forward to that one. Remember what happened the last time Appalachian State went up there to Michigan, <laughs> don't you? <laughs> We've been saying it for years. I mean, that's like every time I hear Georgia State, I'm like, ugh. You know, it's like <laughs> Georgia Southern. What was it? The uh, Florida Gators, the uh, Choking Doker, or whatever it was. I don't know if you remember Choke that. One, but... I don't remember that. Yeah. Yeah. They they, they ended up, uh, they were up like 31 something against uh, Georgia. No, 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 no. Wait. I'm thinking oh, wait, of a no, different I, game. Was that, I think that was, that was uh, Florida State. Florida State, Florida, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 No, okay. Which one was the one they lost to George? They lost to Georgia Southern. You remember that one? Oh yeah, there were they two yeah. two Gators tackled each other. Golly, and you know I guarantee you talk to a Gator fan, they hate Georgia Southern just with a passion. So mm-hmm. you just never know. You never know when you lose one of these games, it haunts you forever. So uh, I'm sure Georgia's going to want to prove some stuff. But like you said, this is this will be an exciting game because this is like. I mean, they're gonna have to do something different. They can't. They can't just go toe to toe with the Georgia Bulldogs. They're gonna have to. They're gonna have to be creative, and that comes with uh, Coach Beamer. Exactly. All right. Last four games here of the night, Shane. Central Michigan at LSU on SEC Network, a night seven thirty. Mm-hmm. Now here we go. Auburn at Penn State, ABC seven thirty. That's gonna be a good mm. one. Tulane at Ole Miss. ESPN 2 at 8 o'clock. And then final game here, Stanford at Vanderbilt on ESPNU, 8 o'clock Eastern. I think the Commodores should have uh, done everything in their power to get this to be a nooner because, you know, Stanford come from the West Coast, make them get mm-hmm. up early and all that. So, you know, a couple interesting night games here, week three. You know what else is interesting about that Auburn-Penn uh, State game? 
What's that? We're going to have two of the last Vanderbilt coaches on the same field. Oh, that's true. <laughs> look, 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 Coach Mason and uh, oh, what's his face up there? Oh yeah, bald James Franklin. Hey, we don't. Yeah, we don't mention his name. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, Shane, uh, that's all I got uh, on the news front. It's a slower day here in, in the SEC, but uh, we've got some mailbag questions. We're lining up. We got several to get to, but before we hop to the show mailbags, I hear you had a mailbag of your own. <laughs> that's right, Mike. I got an interesting voicemail right before we jumped on the pod, and uh, I would have answered it, but I was eating my little Caesar's pizza, but <laughs> please, I don't know if this has ever happened to you, but this is this sums up my life at this moment. Hi, Shane. This is Crystal at National Fitness Center, and I was just calling to see how your workouts have been going. Um, was just noticing that you hadn't been in a little bit, so I was just calling to see if there was anything I could do to help you get back on track and get started so you can give me a call back phone number is 423-317-3337 and i hope you're having a great day (laughs) (laughs) how often does a gym call you (laughs) hey when's your fat ass getting back to work i swear the thing lit up and i said national fit i said have we paid and then she's like my wife's like yeah it's like we've been i said okay i was like well I said, do you think we're, like, due to renew or something? <laughs> <laughs> and they were just calling to see if I was still alive. So, uh, uh, needless to say, man, that's that, that was a low point. Maybe I should go visit those guys. <laughs> hey, if that's not a sign to get your ass in the gym, I don't know what is. You know what? I know, man. I know. And I, I told a joke. I, was, I, I literally had pizza hands, so I couldn't answer the phone. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, enough of that. Let's get to the real calls, Mike. Yeah, so our first one, hey, it's also for you, Shane. We got Eric from Tennessee. He's got a question for you. Hey, this is Eric from St. James, Tennessee, and I've got a question there for old cousin Shane. Um, Is there a limit on how long you can keep a cigar, or do you buy a new one every year in hopes? Just, Just wondering. Anyway. Roll Tide. Love you guys. Keep it up. All right, Chase. So how about it? I mean, ooh, what a dagger there Golly. from Eric. Damn, two bad calls in a row, huh? Well, I well, I, let me tell you real quick about the cigar. It's been a while, Mike. I don't know if you knew this, but it has been a while since Tennessee has beaten Alabama. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm a little, I'm not like superstitious, but I'm a little stitious. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And uh, so... I started out, I would get a cigar, and if Tennessee would win, which they haven't in a long time, you know, I would throw out the cigar because in my mind, that cigar is cursed. You know, it just, (laughs) it's got bad mojo, so I get rid of it. So now I'm buying, I buy one every single year, but I will tell you, Mike, they're getting cheaper, baby. about getting a swisher sweet this year <laughs> it, it doesn't hurt as much when you're throwing out a three dollar cigar <laughs> all right next question uh, this is a good one from drew he's, he's got a more addressing me but uh he takes issue with uh, jimbo fisher where i ranked him in my offensive coordinator 
play call rankings. Hi, my name is Drew Ritchie, and I'm a big A&M fan, even though I'm, I'm mostly just married to an Aggie and her family is a big A&M fan. But I wanted to call, uh, give it a shot. But I, I had a maybe a little bit of a problem with you ranking Jimbo Fisher as low as you did on the Offensive Play Caller um, podcast. And the reason I wanted to bring it up is I still remember watching Sumlin uh, coach at A&M, and A&M's offenses were prolific and so they would have lots of points, lots of scoring, but it always led to the defense being so terrible. And uh, the defense would be on the field all the time, and there are lots of three and outs, and it just led to lots of losses in important games. And I think even though Jimbo's offense is slower, even though it's more methodical and less exciting, I really think the reason why Mike Elko is still willing to be the defensive coordinator is because he knows he's got a really great shot to have a great defense with the way Jimbo coaches the offense. So I think he should be higher on the list only because maybe not because he's going to get the most yards or most points on offense, but because it's going to lead to more wins and better defense. And I just wanted to uh, hear your thoughts on that. Love the podcast. All right. So appreciate that one from Drew. And, you know, he's kind of right there with you, Shay. And of course, it seemed like you took issue with just about every one of my rankings here and <laughs> hey that uh, that was pretty much the consensus from uh, everybody all over the internet particularly Georgia fans and Todd Munkin they love them some Todd Munkin but oh yeah I see what you're saying here I mean Jimbo Fisher I mean it was so difficult to rank him number seven I think I had him in the offensive coordinator play callers in the SEC and probably because he's one of the top, you know, three or four head coaches in the entire SEC. Yeah. But I got to look at it as more of, uh, you know, the overall scheme of the offense. And, you know, they're having a ton of success there in, in Texas A&M. And they only look to be getting better and better. But I don't know, man. I'm just not – I'm still not woed by this offense. And I know it was very balanced, very good last season. But I think back to – you know, games against like Vanderbilt, where, hell, I thought the Vanderbilt quarterback, Ken Seals, coming in his first game ever, I thought he looked better than Kellen Mond. You know, you go back to the LSU game. That was a terrible LSU team. And Texas A&M, I mean, barely eked out. I shouldn't say barely eked out a win. They dominated the, the entire game. But final score 20-7, to that was one where they needed to make a statement. Statement wasn't made. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. There's just too many games like that where I'm looking here and I'm saying Texas A&M, you know, where's the explosive passing? That's where college football's at now. And and I see what Drew's saying. You want to be, you know, maybe you got to be a little bit more slow and methodical because it helps out your defense. It does. But again, it's not like these defensive teams are winning the uh, national championship each year. You know, it's a explosive offenses with all these receivers all over the field. It's these high-flying passing games that are getting it done and we've seen that from Jimbo in years past but I've just not seen it since he's been at Texas A&M so you know I don't feel too bad honestly of where I got his ranking but I certainly understand where A&M fans would take issue with with where I got Fisher now I mean I I get it but I'm I'm kind of with him you know I I thought you were a little low on Jimbo myself and you know just because yeah, it, he didn't win. It wasn't sexy. It, it wasn't a 50-point blowout like some of these other guys were doing, but it was a victory. 
I mean, the only team you lost against was was Alabama. And, you know, I, I, I don't know what that game would look like if they played again because it felt like Texas A&M found a groove toward the tail end of that season. And, um, yeah, I get it. I think there was I think there was times that they could have showed out, but they didn't. And um, and I don't know if that was more just not getting away from script or game plan. But there was, like you said, a few games that it probably wouldn't have hurt, especially toward the tail end of the season when they're trying to get into the damn playoffs mm-hmm. to just let them loose. And, and I, I, I mean, you have to, you have to blame Jimbo for that. But I blame him as a head coach, not an offensive coordinator. It just felt like they were still efficient toward the end. So I don't know. I guess you could. Let me ask you now that this list came out because it was a oh my gosh I haven't I, I haven't jumped on Twitter in like three days because of it, uh, but and, and it doesn't Jimbo wasn't I noticed Jimbo wasn't the big one it, it felt like it was what's his name down there uh, Munkin it felt like it was him mm-hmm. it felt like who was the other one that came up a lot the one down there in Florida Todd um, Grantham yeah third Grantham you know it, it felt like <laughs> those were the two that really got the most steam and stuff. Uh, you didn't hear a lot of Jimbo, but now that you've done this list, you've had time to let it marinate. You've heard the input from others. Do you think you would uh, move Jimbo up a little bit? Or are you still pretty firm where he's at? No, I like him where he's at. And I just think that uh, right now in the SEC, there's a hell of a lot of good play callers, you know? Mm-hmm. And being potentially seventh, Six, seven, wherever the hell I had him in the SEC. That's still that's probably putting you top ten in the nation. You know we gotta mm-hmm. we gotta remember when we put these lists out and and you're a little bit low in the rankings in the SEC. Uh, it's because the SEC is dominant. You know I mean I mean yeah. put Jimbo in the ACC is probably number one. Yeah. You know put him in the in the Big Twelve he's probably one or two. You know and I can go on and on. So it's just different in the SEC and. Hell, even if you're the tenth team in the SEC, you're probably a top twenty-five team, and that's just the monster that is the SEC. You know what? All right, next call, uh, Shane. We got one from Jason from Atlanta. Wants to know how uh, these point spreads are made. He's, I think he's a sounds like he's a Florida guy here, and uh, uh, so let's kick it over to his question. Hey there. Big fan of the show. My name's Jason. I live in Atlanta, but I'm a big Gator fan. I am curious to ask how these people come up with these point spreads. I'm listening to your spread episode and point spread for UF Bama, 15 and a half point spread for LSU Bama, 24 something. And I'm pretty sure I saw somewhere that UF and LSU were, were kind of like a pick them. I saw UF favored one and a half in one and LSU favored one in another. So, those numbers obviously don't make sense when you put those three teams together. Is it based on emotion? Is it based on uh, some kind of formula they have? I'd love to hear your explanation for that and if they just really go after people's emotions in these types of situations. Love the show. Appreciate it. All right. So, you know, if you missed it, this was a while back. So a lot of people may have missed it. But uh, last off season, we actually had an odds maker on the show, Matt Metcalf from uh, Circa Sports there in Las Vegas. So he, you know, gives you a full breakdown of he's the one that sets the lines for Circa Sports, one of the uh, biggest 
Las Vegas Sportsbook. So if you really want to, you know, the deep dive on how these lines are put out, I suggest you go back and listen to that. But, you know, basically, uh, idiot version of uh, <laughs> the explanation of this, uh, these Vegas sportsbooks, they have their own power rankings. Mm-hmm. And it depends on where they have someone in, a, in their power rankings. It certainly depends on where a game is. And that's in large part how they come up with the figures. Now, of course, you know, that's what players, in particular quarterbacks, availability, uh, also affect the line. That's why you'll see it, it. You see it every year where, you know, let's say Joe Burrow, when he was at LSU, if he got hurt the week before and his status was uncertain, they won't even put out a line for that because right. without the starting quarterback, there's not going to be a line until they know who's going to be in there. So quarterbacks play a factor. But the at the end of the day, where how they set these lines, it's not done on emotion so much as as Jason suggested. It's all about public opinion, mm-hmm. and they know teams like Alabama are going to get tons and tons of public opinion, and that's not only because Alabama has so many fans, but it's because fans from across the country, from you know Massachusetts to California to Washington State, they probably couldn't tell you who Emory Jones is, mm-hmm. but they could tell you who Nick Saban in Alabama is. So the public money is always going to favor a team like Alabama. And what they're trying to do is they're trying to get as close to 50% of the money on Alabama and as close as 50% to Florida. So, right. you know, that's a that's kind of a roundabout way to explain in Jason's question there. But, uh, you know, they put all those factors together. That's how they come up with these lines. And it's – I think some people think it's a, a prediction of the final score, and it's – in fact, not that at all. It's all about just trying to get as close to 50-50 on these, uh, on these bets on both sides of the action. That's what they're hoping for. You know what? Well, and a lot of it, too, has to do with history. I mean, when you're, the, the example he was asking was, you know, Alabama and LSU. Mm-hmm. Well, that, that game is, it's a seesaw back and forth with those guys. If you look at uh, LSU and Florida, and, and, you know, if you've been following them, you, I mean, it's a lot of times it almost every time that these two teams, it doesn't matter the talent, who's got the better. I mean, because there's been games, there's been one team that had more talent than the other, and then they come out with, you know, with a nail. It, it seems like it always comes down to the final two or three possessions. And I think that's more why they're looking at it like a pick them right now, because, you know, that's just how they've been playing. And, and why do it any different right now? Mm-hmm. All right, next question, Shane, comes from number one Bulldog fan. He's a big MSU fan. Let's kick it over to him. Hey, Mike and Cousin Shane, this is the number one Bulldog fan. Um, I listened to your last podcast and heard y'all do the Ole Miss projections. And as a huge state fan, I was wondering if y'all could do the same for us. Um, me realistically, worst case scenario, we go eight and three. But I think best case scenario, if we get some lucky breaks, I think we go 11 and one. I know that's really big and probably very optimistic thinking, but you guys think, um, the Pirates got a spring this year, which you didn't get last year. He was able to see what part of the air raid worked and what didn't in the SEC. 
and he's also able to make a game plan on what didn't work. And also, I have to disagree with uh, y'all on your Egg Bowl pick. Usually, historically, the team hosting the Egg Bowl is the team that wins it. And we're going to get the Rebels around our cowbells, and I just don't think they have a chance at winning. All right, Shane, I should have known this was coming. Once we went down (laughs) the Ole Miss schedule, Mississippi State fan called in and said, you better do the same for them Bulldogs. So I got the schedule right here, Shane. And uh, best case scenario, let's you know, let's try to do it like we did Ole Miss. He thinks they can win as many as what do you say, eight, eight on the low front, eleven on the high front. Oh, buddy! This guy must be Crown related him. to he must be related to Mike Leach or something. Oh, I love it. I love optimism, man. Especially in the off season, and uh, that's what we're that's what we're here for, man. So we're gonna paint. The best case scenario, something that we've done in the past. Uh, if you if you didn't catch the other show, uh, what Mike was saying is we went through Ole Miss top to bottom, and we did like best case scenario. Like if the stars were aligned, the the team has improved, the offense was better, the defense had improved, uh, and that's where we came away with these projections. So we're going to do the exact same thing. Uh, but we're going to do it on the other side of the hate line here with the Mississippi State Bulldogs. All right, Shane. So week one, they open the season at home against Louisiana Tech, coached by old <laughs> Skip Holtz, son of Lou Holtz. Mm. Win or loss there? 50, 50 to nothing by the end of the first <laughs> quarter. So uh, I think... We're going best case. That high-flying offense is kicking in gear. So, yeah, this isn't even a ball game. Mississippi State 1-0. All right, second week of the season, also at home against NC State. Pretty uh, mm. good matchup there, ACC versus SEC. Who you got here? Well, I always wondered what happened if a Bulldog and a Wolf actually met. And I'm going to go with the Bulldog. I've seen some pretty mean-looking dogs out there. So, I'm going to go – no question here, Mike. Uh, he, I'm not even saying best case scenario with this one. We're looking at Mississippi State two and zero. All right. How about week three on the road at Memphis? Remember last time, mm-hmm. uh, an SEC team went to Memphis. The last time I recall, Ole Miss they lost. So Mississippi State can they avoid uh, an upset on the road? Even Mike Norvell's putting money on this game, Mike. <laughs> I'm going three and zero. Whooping up on them Tigers. All right, week four, at home, LSU. Tricky game. Of course, they beat the hell out of LSU last year. So, thoughts on this one? This one is tricky, Mike, because if you remember the Ole Miss talk, this is the only team, one of the only teams that I just couldn't picture Ole Miss winning. However, we're talking about a team that beat LSU last year. So, Mm -hmm. how can I say? I mean, we're talking – I think Mississippi State's going to be better than they were last year. I think LSU's going to be better than they were last year. So we're talking a perfect game. If if the stars are aligned and the coaching's – I mean, these guys top the ball. Will Rogers is the real deal. Um, yeah, I think if you could catch LSU off guard, I think there's a shot you can get a victory here. So best-case scenario, I'm going 4-0. Now, calm down, Tigers. I didn't say – 
that this was going to happen. I was just saying if we catch LSU on their heels like we did last year and Mississippi State bringing their A game, the defense is just as dominant as they were last year. I think that's the key here with Mississippi State. If that defense stays as good as they were last year and that offense takes a step forward like I expect it to, then, yeah, I I definitely could see a victory here. So I'm going to give it to them, man. Yeah, and I think there's one important thing. We haven't really made this point. I think most people are assuming that LSU bounces back this year. Mm -hmm. But, hell, this is the SEC, brother. That's not a given. You know what I mean? So what happens if they're – just as bad on defense as they were last year. You know what? Or um, Mm -hmm. I don't know. So I'm just saying. So I can see where you're getting that from. But all right, now it really gets tricky. The following week at Texas A&M. Now this one, this one's tough, Mike, because I just think they match up so well. I, I love Texas A&M's defense, and I think if anybody can give Coach Leach fits, it's going to be Elko's boys. Mm-hmm. And we're taught where's it going to be at? At A&M. Shit, Mike, I, I just can't. I, I I can't imagine even best case scenario Mississippi State winning this game. Uh, I may be wrong, but as of right now, uh, when are we here? The 27th of May, I just, I can't, I can't give him the edge. So first loss of the year goes to Texas A&M. Hey, four and one, I think most state fans would take at. Now they get a bye, but that's, that's crucial because of coming off the bye, mm-hmm. Alabama comes to Starkville. How about that one? Alabama comes to, golly, what a, that is a tough little week. They need a bye between those two. Mm-hmm. Um, Mike, same thing, man. There's just two teams right now. I'm just afraid to put anybody over, and that's that's the Aggies and Mm -hmm. and that's uh, Alabama right now. I just I just think they're going to be that good. So um, yeah, I'm going to have to go with another loss, man. I hate to do it early in the season, especially when we're being optimistic. But I just, I mean, we got to be a little realistic too. Well, let's let's swing it back to optimism because next week, the following week at Vanderbilt. Oh, baby. Revenge. Love it. So that, well, I don't know. I don't want to say revenge because they, <laughs> they didn't lose that game. That, well, I don't know. They did. No, did they lose that game? No, they beat them. Oh, yeah, but they, there was some, that one came down the wire, though. Vanderbilt beat them. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I don't know what revenge I was talking about, but this is to get them back on the path. So uh, fifth win of the year goes against the Commodores. All right, the following week, this could be a tough one. At home, though, Kentucky. Mm. You know, it's so easy to just – it's just so easy to call off Kentucky, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you really can't. And uh, if they if they would have had this game a little – I don't know. We're going best-case scenario here, Mike. I, I think I think the boys got fired up at Vanderbilt. They're going to continue the steamroll. And uh, they're just going to have a little too much offense for Kentucky. So let's give them another victory. Best-case scenario, remember Kentucky. We're not calling games right now. We're just saying – Mississippi State's fire on all cylinders. So I, I'm going to give them the victory here. All right, the next week, this is a, potentially a tricky one here at Arkansas. Mm, like, these are getting tough. Um, oh, man. Where's it at? It's at Arkansas. At Arkansas. I just can't. Um, I just, you know, Mississippi State's got a lot more balance than we think 
on, on both sides of the ball. And I think that's what's going to help them here the most. And now we're getting later in the season. I think they've got it. I think they're going to build enough competitive depth by this. And and I'm not sure Arkansas is going to quite be there. They may. I, they may surprise me. But now I'm going to go. Uh, I'm going to go on a perfect day. Mississippi State again. Ooh, all right. How about this one on the road again at Auburn? No, I got to go Mississippi State right now. I mean, unless they are on a roll, brother. Yeah, I. I yeah, I just, what do you think, man? Why am I doing all the picking? What do you think? I mean, we're talking like, you just try to get people mad at me. You put out that shit list, and now you got me picking all these things. Everybody's going to be like, Shane's thinking if Mississippi State will win national championship. No, that ain't it. I just say, this is a tough one, man, because I, I really think when you look at games like Arkansas, when you look at games like Kentucky, right now, you know, I, I see those as pickums. I really at, at yeah, this. Yeah, that's moment, what I was just about to say. They're they're probably fifty fifty games for me. Yeah, they're they're going to be fifty fifty games. So I'm thinking if I'm predicting best case scenario and it's leaning toward Mississippi State, coin toss is going to go toward Mississippi State every time, including Auburn. Well, it's not a coin toss if they get it every time, is it? <laughs> well, we're going best case scenario. So if best case scenario, you win all the time. I got you. I so got you. yeah. I, I'm just that I mean, you when when you're talking about teams like Texas A and M and Alabama, mm-hmm. even on their work like Alabama, think about that. Teams Alabama's worst just if they came out and they didn't play as good as they have the last four or five games, you know, Mississippi State's bringing their A game. They did this. They did this with Georgia last year. You know, Mississippi State, I felt like they brought their A game and Georgia didn't. And that's why it was almost a damn victory. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I, and, and so I'm even though I'm predicting them to lose to Alabama, I'm not saying that it wouldn't be a close game on, on you know, a best-case scenario. But, yeah, I just – when we're talking these other teams, I, I got to go – I got to go Mississippi State. Because I just – I really do think they're going to be pretty damn good this year. That whole state, man, Ole Miss and Mississippi State could rock it. Yeah, well, next to last game, Tennessee State, coached by old Eddie George. Is he really? Yeah, th- I'm pretty sure that's – he just got yeah, hired. I I did not know that. Well, unless he's suiting up, they ain't got a shot, <laughs> man. <laughs> Final game. If I see 27 running around out there. <laughs> Final game, Egg Bowl at well, Starkville, yeah. Ole Miss. Who you got in that one? Yeah. And this one here, you you could throw out, like you said, you throw out the records, you could throw you know, I don't care where it's played, uh, you know, because I know he made a comment about the home. I, you know, that's important. That is a factor, obviously, with cowbells, especially some of these kids, you know, think about it, and they're going into their sophomore season. They don't know what a real stadium sounds like yet, you know. So, but we're talking the last game of the year. They're going to know exactly what noise is. And what to expect. So with Mississippi State ringing those cowbells, yeah, I just, uh, I, I just, we're talking two great teams. I just told you I can see this go either way. And I told you on the best case scenario with Ole Miss, they beat Mississippi State. Well, on the best case scenario for the Bulldogs, and, and Miss, I just, I'm going to give it to Mississippi State here. My next graphic's going to say. Cousin Shane's got Mississippi State going ten and two lock <laughs> of the week. Yeah, see, that's what he does. That's, that's what we call a fine bomb move here, you know. <laughs> he, he gets you out there, he gets that best-case scenario, and then he tweets the shit out of it. So, no, that's – if you break this thing down, we're just going – optim. it's it's Optimism Friday 
and uh, we went up and down the schedule. So best case scenario, that's what they say. You know, hey, what's the worst that you see Mississippi State doing? What's the best? The best I see them winning is 10 games. Mm. Which I think they would take. I would take it. I, I mean, Hell I don't yeah. know about you, but year two? I think a lot of Mississippi State fans would be happy with 10 wins on year two with Coach Leach. Yes, sir. All right, final one. Hey, Brad keeps calling, so we're going to keep ask, answering uh, his questions here. Brad from Kentucky wants to know what the Wildcats should do now that they've got uh, Coach Steve Klinscale left for Michigan. Hey, guys, Brad again. You know, I'm starting to wonder when you're just going to have me on the show and, you know, have me as a special guest with how many times I call you. But like always, I'm calling to get your opinion on Kentucky football. So, as you know, they're looking for a new DB coach. Here's my question for you. And let me know if you think this scenario plays out. Because as you know, they got a guy already there that coached safety. Do you think they're going to hire a cornerback coach? Or do you think they'll bump that safeties coach up uh, to be a DB coach or a defensive back coach? And then that gives them flexibility to hire at a different area. Do you think that that would happen? Because, you know, in my opinion, they would do that because that gives you flexibility to go out and hire pretty much anyone because right now they just lost a really good recruiter uh, in Klingscale. I don't know how the hell you say his name, but he was a real good recruiter. And, you know, if you're going to limit yourself to hiring a cornerback coach, you know, that's also a good recruiter, that limits that kind of narrows the pool of candidates down. What do you think about that idea and what about them doing that? All right, Shane. So, you know, here's kind of my thoughts on this one. You know, we've touched on the fact that this is such a, you know, a poor time to lose a coach. And, and this June window is about to open up when the recruits can start coming to campus. This is tough. This is tough for me. But, you know, what is it that uh, Mark Stoops and Kentucky sells all the time? It's the fact that they're a developmental program. And mm-hmm. I think they've been selling that to coaches, too, to where, you know, they develop some of these guys and they, they have lost assistance from time to time to the NFL or like we're just losing a guy Clint scale here to Michigan. I think it makes a lot of sense for Kentucky to promote from within instead of trying to steal an assistant away from somewhere else to where, you know, then, then you're putting that other program in a tough spot. And I, I know that's not Mark Stoops's concern. Like if he screws over another program, he doesn't give a damn. He's, he's got to do what's best for Kentucky. But right. it's a tough ask to get an assistant to leave in, at this time of year leading up to the season. I think if you're Kentucky, you promote from within. And what does that do for you? Why am I talking about the, the development of even the coaches? Because then you get these younger guys that are on their way up. Maybe you can go get a job at Alabama, or maybe you can come get a job with Mark Stoops. And Alabama may sound like, hey, yeah, everybody wants to go work for Nick Saban and get some of the Saban magic, but Mm -hmm. you're the 100th man in the totem pole. Right. Whereas at Kentucky, you're a lot further along, and if you continue to show, you know, we promote from within, we can get you big paydays down the line, whether it's in Lexington or elsewhere, I think there's something to be said for that too, just showing that uh, if you put in your time, you put in your work, and you do a hell of a job there in Lexington – Mark Stoops is a guy that'll promote you up to the full-time staff if a if a job position becomes available. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head there, man. And that's exactly what I'd be doing if I'm 
if I'm talking to the coaches, I'm going to spin zone this thing. Don't make it a negative scenario. Make it a positive situation. Promote from within, like you said. You got the guys there. And then, you know, who knows? Like you said, there there may be a younger, talented coach that comes out that you want a shot at, and you can you can show the resume. Hey, yeah, you can go down to Alabama and be a grad assistant or whatever and hang out, you know, fetch coffee with Butch Jones. But Or you could come up here, you know, do this for a year, maybe two, work special teams. I'll give you multiple hats. You can build your way up, build your resume, and and use it as a platform to your next, you know, your next job. So it's just a quicker – if you can show a quicker way to the goal. Everybody wants to be a, either – you know, everybody wants to be a head coach or a coordinator or something like that. And if you could show a quicker path to a young, talented coach of doing it through your university, I think that's a hell of a recruiting pitch. Yeah, and I think also – like I said, this, this June window of, of recruiting is about to come open. Mm-hmm. Maybe you use that as a trial run with one of your assistants to say, you know, show me how much you want this position. Let's see what you can do. Land us a recruiter to, and, you know, maybe that is, is the final push that Mark Stoops needs to see to say, this guy can handle himself on the road selling the Kentucky brand. Definitely. All right, Shane, so that's all we got uh, from the mailbag. Really appreciate each and every one of those that uh, keep on rolling through. But uh, I think you have one more thing before we hop off here, right? Yeah, I got some reviews. Uh-oh. All right, Mike. Well, I'm going to tell everybody, man, I appreciate, the, I appreciate the mailbag questions. I appreciate the reviews. I appreciate all the support online. You know, a lot of you guys retweet that little pod you never know. I mean, it may be somebody on your timeline that's looking for a podcast, and uh, it goes a long ways when you help us out, and, and it's not un, unnoticed. I really I really appreciate you guys, and uh, I'd like to, re- you know, I, I, the ratings and reviews, those help us out uh, a lot, um, and the five-star ratings really go a long ways, and so we like to read those, and uh, I'd like to do that right now, Mike. Yeah, let's do it. First one comes from GMAR09SCC. Five star. Great show, guys. Always enjoy listening. Go Cats. Go UK. Well, GMAR09, I appreciate you. Yeah, thanks, GMAR. Next one comes from Hunt the Whale. Wait, <laughs> let me make sure I'm doing that right. Hunt the Whale? You see what? Yeah, that's Hunt? a tricky one. <laughs> Hunt he whale? Or, <laughs> I may be butchering that. I don't know. It's a cool name either way. Great podcast. Five star. As an LSU fan, this is my top podcast for keeping up with all the news around the SEC. The guys do a great job covering all 14 teams, and they keep it, and keeping those of us who are out of the loop in the loop. Go Tigers. Well, Hunt the whale. I appreciate you. Yeah, thanks, Hunt. That's a sneaky name, man. <laughs> I mean, you got H-U-N-T-H-E-W-E-L-L. It could go a lot of different ways. Next one comes from Ninja636. <laughs> I never met a bad ninja, Mike. Amazing show. Five star. Been listening every morning for over a year, and it's a great show. The coverage of every team in the SEC is perfect. Keep up the great work. Roll Tide. Well, Ninja636 guy, I appreciate you. Yeah, thanks, Ninja. That's a good one. Next one comes from MNM Cook. Best sports podcast there is. Five star. I listen to several podcasts regularly, and that SEC football podcast is the best. I can't wait to hear each one. 
They are always well-informed, honest, and balanced in their opinions. I have the latest news from around the conference and have a great time. I love the in-depth conversations and back and forth between Mike and Shane. Often have great guests on too to give detailed insights from different perspectives. Very enjoyable. Keep up the work, guys. Go Hogs. Woo pick sweet. Well, Emmett Cook, I appreciate you. Yeah, that's uh, very kind of you, Cook. Thank you. Last one comes from K Slay 2001. We should have beat uh, LSU there in that year. That was a that was a good year. <laughs> hey, buddy, keep up the great work. Five star. I started listening to that SEC podcast during the quarantine last summer. Mike and Shane kept it light and fun, and always made it possible to stay optimistic during the uncertainty of the offseason. Well, K-Slay 2001, we've made it, and I appreciate you. (laughs) Yeah, thanks, Slay, and all I have to say about that is thank goodness we don't have to put up with that garbage this year. You know what? That's going to do it for this one. I really appreciate each and every one of those reviews, and if you haven't done so yet, give us that five-star written review. We'll read it on the air, send you a beer koozie free of charge. That's just our way of saying thanks. And thank you, Shane, for hopping on the line here or uh, finish this week strong. And, you know, I did want to say one thing before we head out here, Shane. I know it's Mm -hmm. uh, Monday's Memorial Day and most people got it off and everything. And I hope everybody, you know, has a a happy and and safe Memorial Day. But, you know, I also think it's important not to forget, you know, a lot of military people listen to the show and veterans and kind of, you know, at least give some some time and consideration for, for why we have Memorial Day and, uh, the, the sacrifices of, of those men and women. Absolutely. The ones that, especially ones that gave their life. I mean, that's the ultimate sacrifice. So uh, your dad's military, my brother's military. And, uh, you know, I, I, I'm we're out there with you, Mike. Great words. I appreciate I appreciate all the listeners. And, uh, you know, we've got a lot of listeners overseas. We've got a lot of military that listens. And, uh, you know, man, I appreciate what they're doing. Absolutely. Well, that's going to do it, Shane. Well, I, mean, I, I, I can't, I'm getting phone calls from a gym while I'm eating pizza. You know what I'm saying? It's like, oh, what am I doing with my life? So, but anyway, Mike, I appreciate you and appreciate all the work you put into this. And, uh, you guys have a great weekend. Be safe. I did hear an interesting stat. Most accidents happen during this weekend. So, mm. you know. They, they got Uber for a reason, so take advantage of that, all right? I know I will be this weekend. <laughs> <laughs> all right, man. All right, yeah, so that's going to do it. Thanks, as always, for tuning in. Thank you, Shane, for joining me. Catch you on the next one. All right, see you guys. Go ball.